Hello, and welcome to the Post Chapel Podcast. Here on the campus of Kentucky Wesleyan College, we host a podcast every week to go over our previous chapel service at 1212. And we're so happy that you're tuning in to listen with us. Good morning, and welcome to the Post Chapel Podcast here on the campus of Kentucky Wesleyan College. My name is Logan Lake. I'm the campus ministries assistant here. Um, we have a very, very special guest with us today, but our two guests, can you please introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Karina Conley. I'm a junior here at Kentucky Wesleyan. Um, I'm on the women's basketball team. I'm double majoring in marketing and communications. Um, I'm FCA team leader, and I'm our, our newly elected SAC president. And then we have our speaker from our chapel service this past Wednesday. Good morning. I'm Brian Hall. Um, I'm an alumni here at Wesleyan. I graduated in 86 with a BS in chemistry, and I was on the soccer team and in the Sigma Nu fraternity. And uh, just in my real life, I'm a salesman, so I'm glad to be here this morning. <laughs> so um, you, you will uh, figure out that he is much more than just a salesman. Uh, we heard a bit of his story um, in a couple different formats uh, yesterday, um, and it was very, very good. Uh, Brian spoke in our chapel service and shared a lot about his heart for missions. He had a bit of a little seminar that he shared with the campus as well. And then last night, it's stories at 808, our last one of the semester. Um, he uh, uh, shared his story. And I got to say that the stories was probably my favorite one. Missed the seminar, but um, but but like Sean, I, I really appreciated that. Uh, anyways, um, and then obviously we have Maddie Dunn as well. Yeah, this is our last post-travel podcast of the school year. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> But it's been good. It's been a good semester. Um, if uh, if this is your first one that you're listening to, um, the the theme this semester for chapel has been uh, stories of calling. What does that look like? Callings in different people's lives. Uh, a call to ministry. Uh, a call to a particular vocation. I think very simply, it's been a pretty big consensus. A major theme throughout the semester is that. There's at least one call on every person's life, and that's the call to be saved, a call to, to trust Christ with your life. Um, but callings have very different, they come in all shapes and sizes and for all people. Um, before we touch on Brian's story uh, in detail, what, is, what does it look like for you to, how would you define a call? I'd kind of throw it out there. Um, it's just God's message to you. And you, you can receive that in signs. You can, for the most part, I receive them in my heart because I can, ju- I can just feel it. I know. And a lot of problems people have these days is they want to talk to God, but they don't want to take time to listen. And you need to stop and you need to listen because God communicates with us. He, he, he talks to us. But if we're too busy to stop and listen, we won't hear. That's, it's just a message. I, I find a calling is just a message from God that we have to be open to and, and hear and then take the time to discern what it means for us. Well, that's a lot what I was going to say, too. Just kind of an assignment, and he gives us the gifts and our callings to be able to use them. Um, so I think that's really cool to be able to dive into that and, and just basically listen to him. Um, a lot of people want to talk, talk, talk. And um, so it's just really important to listen to that and step into that calling as well. Um, I know a lot of uh, chapel yesterday was the, are you sure? Are you sure, God? Like, is this 
something that is supposed to be me? Is this my calling? You know, things like that. So um, just being able to step into that and just listen to the Lord's voice and um, just step into what he has for you um, is pretty cool. And I just kind of, that's how I guess I find calling. I think it's often in the times that you're asking, are you sure that it's actually what he has for you and what he's trying to show you and you just doubt we doubt ourselves a lot of the times whenever they're big things and we think that we couldn't accomplish that or do that but then we forget that we keep saying we like like my like I I can't do that well that's your cute like that's the word that you're missing like it's not supposed to be of you it's of God and so whenever he asks us those things they're kind of clear as day because they're uncomfortable things sometimes. They're big things. They're things we probably didn't think about. Um, but it's whenever we ask that, like, are you sure? Like, I think that those are the moments where it's right in front of us. And just the gift it is to be able to have those opportunities put in our like path is just crazy. And he uses, like, he pinpoints our passions and our desires and the things that we're good at and the things that we love to do to work through that. Because he created you that way in order to use you in that way. And I think that it's just a gift to be able to process through those things, even though they're scary and sometimes you don't really know what that looks like. But I think that it's important what you said, Brian, just how we're quick to ask him of all these things and want all these things and talk to him like it's he's just going to give, 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 which he is a good giver, but it's like, Whenever he gives us something that we may not want or may not have asked for, that's whenever it's like, oh. But we need to be quick to, like, listen in the things that may take a long time to kind of hear, but he's still talking and communicating through that. And We need to um, be aware also that if God's asking us to do something and we're not obedient and agree to do it, he'll find somebody who will do it, mm-hmm. and we will miss that blessing. Yeah. And that's... I mean, you you look back on times in your life that you weren't obedient when God was asking you to do something, and it got done, and it's like, oh man, I should have done mm-hmm. that. I should have done that. I know it. I know it was God, and I just ignored it, or yeah. I was too busy. Uh, so, yeah, it just shows that it's not about us. Exactly, it's about what God wants to accomplish through us um, as His instruments, but it by no means. <clears throat> has to be us you know we like to think that we're irreplaceable or that it depends on us but neither of those are true um it's we are we're so small i'm not going to say insignificant because that's not true but we're so small in the grand scheme of things and in the world that it's like (laughs) there are other people out there that are wanting to be obedient to what god has called them to do it's like think you're the only hot shot in town kind of no i mean uh, i hope and pray that we are obedient but but god will accomplish his purposes with or without you Mm -hmm. i hope it's with us (laughs) yeah i I really do hope it's with us um we talked a little bit uh brian before the chapel service yesterday and um uh, one thing i just i loved about hearing a little bit story and sharing a little bit of mine was that the fact that God uses such ordinary people and that's not a diss by the way <laughs> no, but, not at all. but um, just I don't know God using everyday folks and college students recent grads people that work in sales and it was like hey 
this is your your vocation, but there's bigger things for you to do for my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we can't be useful for the sake of the gospel in working in sales. And, and I'm sure you have stories where God's used you in that. And I'd love to hear stuff. But, I mean, but the, the fact that he still wants us to go deeper into a relationship with him and deeper into trust with him. Um, you shared a story <laughs> about some pretty significant trust that uh, had to do with um, your your work and missions. Um, and if you want to share a little bit about that, I just, I'm, I'm inspired by that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to share that. Uh, my, my first, I, I'd been to Haiti 12 times and then God pushed me over toward Africa. So my first trip to Africa, um, really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so I, through emails and, and contacts, um, found some guys over there that wanted to work work with us to drill some water wells and build tanks. So we raised, I think it was $6,000, and um, I went ahead and wired that money over to Africa to the guys I had never personally met in person and had never talked to on the phone and everything had been through email. And when uh, we got off the airplane in, in Tamale in Ghana, I was just praying that they would be there to pick us up. So, and it, it, uh, that's probably one of my biggest leaps of faith in God that I knew the hard part is if it was my money and I got scammed and I lost it, it was, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but it was money I had raised that people had donated to the cause and, uh, to be a, a good steward of their, of their money. So it was nervous, but you know, in our human form, we worry about everything, and instead of just turning it over to God and know everything's going to be okay, and it was okay. They were there. They met us, and, and we went on about our ways doing doing God's work over there. So it was, uh, it was a, a good test of faith. I like to think I passed. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, in, your, in your sales career? Uh, God shows up in the, the ordinary shows up in the everyday in the mundane what are some moments that he's showed up in your sales career um areas that he's allowed you to witness and to, to be useful for the kingdom that way yeah it, it, you got to be in business i don't want to say you have to be careful but you have to be careful because um, the people you work for they're paying you to sell their material and, and that job um I will tell you this, that everyone that I deal with on a regular basis knows I'm a Christian. And they see that in my actions, not always in my words, because if you turn a customer off by, you know, I don't say over-witnessing, but, you know, being real forceful, and, and that affects them, and then they call the company and say, hey, I don't want this guy back in my office ever again. Um... So you pick and choose, and God and God leads you on which direction to take, and who you can talk to, and what actions you can take. But um, you know, I'm in the construction industry, and there's a lot of drinking going on. There's a lot of late nights with dinners, um, but people see me, and I drink my Diet Mountain Dew if I can mm-hmm. find it, and uh, or just a soda or just water, and um, you know they go on about their their business of drinking beer and staying out late, but you know, they, it's, it's not always words. It's, it's actions also. And people, we need to be 
careful of our actions because Christians, especially these days, are under a microscope, and yes. they're they're want to point out any mistakes we have. I mean, we're all sinners. We all know that we're saved by grace, but um, we're going to make mistakes. But we just can't be hypocrites uh, when we're, when we do. For me, sometimes it's hard. Like I feel like you can get stuck in the mundane task, and you're like feeling like you're living like this. Like you're just I, sometimes I think that and it always blows my mind. Like whenever I'm driving into work, like everybody's just like dry. Like you're not, and it's like, what are we? Like it's like, wow. Like we're all. If that makes. I don't know if y'all have ever thought that. Whenever you're on your way into town, and it's like, wow. Like everybody's going to do the things that they probably do every day, and like, but even in those things, there's difference. Like there's variation, even though it feels like there's not. Um. And he's in that, and he wants to be in it um, if we let him in and choose to see him in it. But I don't know. I just thought that we can be quick to come in like a whirlwind and then leave and not expect it to not be messy when we left. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, but how does that make any sense? You know, like it. But people, people also get caught up in um, trying to save people. You know, you get your count. I, I've led, you know, ten people. To Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't led anybody to Christ, but we'll never know that until we get to heaven mm-hmm. because of the actions we take and words we say, but we can't save anybody. Mm-hmm. That's, that's between them and Jesus. All yeah. we can do is, you know, tell our story and right. what, what he's done for us and what he can do for you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes you just walk away right. and let that seed grow. Mm-hmm. And that's, I was talking to somebody about just the people in our lives that we have to kind of pour into, even though sometimes it's hard. And it's like, if that seed is planted, that seed's there. Like it wasn't, it was God working through us to plant that seed. But then after that, like that's up to them to want to either choose to water it or sit it on the shelf or, but that's still remaining. Mm-hmm. But it's like the matter of knowing that it's not on us to maybe see the full thing happen. And that's with anything that you take time to pour yourself into like different ministry work a lot of the times you're not going to see what it is going to be and what it could be but you're going to be in like the middle of what it is now and just the thought of what it is going to be in itself is what your goal is and what keeps you like moving forward and striving to see whatever it is succeed in the name of Christ and it's just I don't know it's not up to us to do those things and I think we get caught up in overwhelmed by the fact that oh my gosh I'm just not doing enough but we always could be doing more at the same time Brian touch on the calling aspect of it uh, you spoke on that with the, in chapel a little bit of the initial calling on your life to um, in the in the everyday mundane you know uh, nine to five work but hey I also want you to be a missionary Mm-hmm. And the again the theme this semester has been calling and, and how to discern God's voice in our lives. Um, was there a point when you felt that calling where you were like, "I am absolutely losing it. Why me?" Yeah, uh, as soon as my buddy at church said, "Hey, we got to go. We got to go to Haiti. You know, let let's go." I'm like, "Dude, you know, I've barely been out of the country." Uh, let alone go to a third world country and, and help rebuild a community that has just been torn apart by an earth, huge earthquake. And I said, I don't, 
never, never, I don't know how old I was, 50 or whatnot. Uh, never crossed my mind. Never thought of being, doing mission work. Uh, again, I was, I was comfortable in my life. Um, you know, wife, daughter, uh, job, house, dog, you know, had, had what I wanted, went to church on Sunday and figured I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And then God had other plans for me. And, um, but yeah, it's, you really, I don't know. There wasn't a specific like second I made up my mind that, you know, Hey, I'm going, you know, I don't, I don't recall that it was, it was a process of going through talking with my wife, studying the Bible, looking for verses, looking for signs. And, uh, gradually like over a week, he, um, discerned that I was supposed to go. And even after asking, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, I I don't think you have the right guy. Again, like we've been talking this morning, he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. It's mattered all throughout the Bible. Examples of that. So, and I love that it was a process. I think we, we, we think it has to be a, a big altar call, come to Jesus moment, which I mean, it totally can be that. And um, if that's anyone's story, then that's totally fine. But I think more times than not, we think it has to be that, but it is simply just a process mm-hmm. of surrendering and that that daily surrendering. Uh, we want to sometimes have it be a big moment, um, and, and we might surrender that big moment, come to Jesus moment, but the, the daily surrendering after that is, um, is the hard part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a big deal. Um, what about as you entered into the, the missions field and, um, what, what, what were some roadblocks along the way that, were there ever times, I'm sure there probably were, I mean, in the past decade that you've been doing it, areas of doubt where you're like, oh, shoot, is this really me? Am I the one doing this? Am I right doing this? Or, I don't know, touch on that. You know, I, I will touch on that. And I have not, I don't think, had a minute of doubt. Really? I am absolutely sure I am where I'm supposed to be. And this is his plan. And, you know, I reevaluated every year. And I know this is what I'm called to do. And I know at some point he's going to say, I'm done with you. Take a break. And when he does, I hope I'm obedient (laughs) and and stop because, you know, I I really enjoy. We go down as a missionary, you go down and think you're just going to bless the socks off these people. You know, oh, man, they're going to love seeing us. It's going to be great. We're going to help them out. They're going to be blessed. They're going to see Jesus. And, And you come away more blessed than, you know, than they are. Because you see, as I mentioned yesterday, people with nothing. I mean, literally nothing. No two stones to rub, or two nickels to rub together. And um, they don't have anything else to rely on. They don't have a government. They don't have, you know, food pantries. They don't have the Salvation Armies and Goodwills and whatnot. So they have to rely on Jesus. And they do. And they're, they're happy. And you wouldn't think, you know, kids with no phones, no toys, no nothing. Uh, and they're smiling and happy and running around. And, um, they're just, they're just happy people with 
we just don't think it's possible to be happy without stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got to have the toys and we got to have the stuff and they don't, and they're, they're happier because there's, there's less distractions in their life. I guess we'll say the average American would probably go to one of those places and immediately pity them and be like, Oh my God, bless your heart. And just, but I mean, like that stories I've heard of like, man, they are just happy to be alive. They're mm-hmm. happy to have survived a tragedy. They're just, they just have joy in their life. And it's not about the material possessions. I mean, partially they, they don't know what they're missing, but that's like, well, big whoop, you know? <laughs> it's like we have all these luxuries in America and, and we freak out if we lose our phone for five minutes, but. But man, they, it's a simple life, and yeah. and it's just they're just distractions. And I mean, the phones, the social media, all that kind of stuff just pulls us away from from God when we could be spending time with God. And I'm not saying all it's all bad, but um, any anything that's a distraction that takes you away from God is not good. Touch on what Brian said a little bit, just about um, distractions, and I feel like something especially my life being a college student and just this day and age, this generation that I live in, um, that's something that is, you know, takes away from a lot of different things, a lot of different experiences in life, our, our time with the Lord. Um, and that's, you know, hearing that, you know, that they don't have those distractions and they're just happy. They're just living their life. Um, is something like, man, I don't need my phone or I don't need this. I don't need that. Like, why can't I just not have any of it, you know, just to be present and be where I'm at. Um, and be planted and just be fully submerged in that. Um, but that's definitely something I think people struggle with a lot today, especially in America for sure, um, is just being on social media and comparison and comparing yourself to other people and what they have and needing this, that, and the other um, to be happy, to make you feel like you're happy. Um, people are searching for things that for the things they'll never find. Um, that's only in the Lord. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I want to say. Amen to that. For- Question for Karina and Maddie. Um, maybe with your decision to come here, um, the missions work you've done in South Dakota, uh, touch on a little bit um, of, of your story of how you surrendered to that. Yeah. Um, how, how is it similar to what Brian has shared or um, different in your own life? Um, we've all got those moments. What do you yeah. mean? Uh, so mine was about coming here. I didn't know Kentucky Wesleyan was a place. I didn't know it existed. It's pretty far from my house. Um, I'm a homebody. I wanted to go to school around my house, around my brothers, my parents. Um, And that was really important to me. I wanted to play basketball. I knew that's um, what I wanted to do. And Kentucky Wesleyan was one of the last schools that recruited me at the time. And I remember I was one of the last girls on my team to get recruited also. And so I was like, oh, gosh, Lord, like, this is how I'm going to pay for college. Like, I have to, you know, this, that, and the other. And I just remember coming on a visit, and I was like, well, you know, we'll just go check it out. It's one of the last ones. And I just remember being here and was like, whoa, like, it's nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary. It's a beautiful campus. I came in the summer. Um, there was nobody here but my coaches and the janitor that I met. Uh, that was literally the only people on campus. And I remember leaving and was like, wow, that place was awesome. <laughs> And it was just something that I felt like I just had a piece about where I was at. And I remember doing the pros and cons list of, you know, what college am I going to? Where am I going to end up? And a lot of cons, you know, not a master's program. I was hoping to get my master's paid for. It was further from home, um, different things like that, a smaller campus. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, are you sure you want to go there? And I was like, I just have this, like, 
I'm just have this discernment. I'm like, I have to go there. There's a piece about it. Um, and I was like, all right, Lord, like I'm going four hours from home. I've never lived without my parents or my brothers or done anything like that. Um, and I was like, I'm just excited to see what you have for me. And it has been the biggest blessing of my entire life. Um, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I don't have any doubts about that ever. Um, and so the Lord has just fully blessed me for my decision to come here. Um, and that's just one little story, one little increment of, um, the peace I felt and just knowing that, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do and walking into that. And the Lord has blessed me tenfold. You know, I just haven't, can't even, you know, describe all of the things. Of course. Cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah. I like what you said whenever you said you were excited to see what he has for you. I think that that expectant heart is something that we lose sight of sometimes. Like, but that's so sweet to be able to be excited about the unknown because we know that it's not, the unknown is known to him. So it's like that in itself is exciting and just stepping into just new things. It's fun. And a lot, some people may not like new things or change or, but I think in those, like, moments is whenever we grow the most. Um, and I think for me, just in relation with the trips that I've been on and um, just my heart towards people and missions and just reaching and loving and growing in that, I relate to a lot of what Brian said whenever, like, the whole doubt thing, not feeling it at all, really, whenever I'm out there. And it's, like, hard to even explain in words and – Brian and I had talked a little bit about just the overwhelming, like, feeling of the things that you experience and you can't really explain them. It's, like, almost not doing God justice by my words. It's, like, and then I try and then it does, it never ends up working out. But it's, like, no, like, let me just, I just, I want to say it's great. I want you to know how great it is. But I just can't, it's just so hard to explain in words. And I know for me, like, going out there and experiencing everything, like, just taught me, like, full reliance on God in the moments where you don't feel like you can't or you are enough because you almost have to be wrecked in a sense to realize how dependent we actually are on God. And if you're running around and you have all those distractions that are distracting you from the fact that you actually are in need of something more, like it can be very easy to forget that. And then whenever you're stripped away from all the distractions and you go to places where it's the pace of life is slow because we just are running around all the time and like there's no time to really slow down and actually realize what's going on. Like it's just on to the next thing. And just being out um, in South Dakota like last summer and I'm going back and literally like a week and a half and I just I get so excited because that's like where my heart is and it's hard for me because I want my heart to be wherever I am. And like I can tell that God has made me in such a way where it's like, oh, like I have, like, it's just weird. And it's even hard to explain. So I probably won't even try because it won't make sense. But um, just that feeling of knowing that whenever you're in the will of God, like, that's where you're most content. And you feel that. Like, it's like, I don't need anything else. I could have literally nothing right now and I would be okay. And it's like getting to that place and that point. In my life, for me, I thought that I had experienced that. And, like, it was, I had, but God was only saying, oh, I've got it. I'm, you're going to experience it in a deeper way. And, like, that's whenever you step out and you do those things and you taste the blessings that he has for you in that. You don't doubt whenever you're where you're, because it just feels so right that it couldn't be wrong. And you're just in step with everything. And that's just a feeling that is sweet whenever you feel it. And it can be times whenever you don't feel it and you're like, what's going on? But even there, he's in that and we just i don't know is it weird and i'm sure you probably experienced it and 
you know, I, I'm only gone for two weeks normally in Africa, mm-hmm. but they're, they're just about every trip I'm on. It, it's so hard to leave, even though my family's at home, my wife, my daughter, um, it's, I don't want to say miserable, but it's hot, no air conditioning, different food, the mm-hmm. water, the sleeping, the conditions, but I don't want to go home. Oh, I know. I don't, and I know it's, I know it's God, mm-hmm. and I know I have to go home because you got to come back and make more money so you can go back the next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's just so, it's so weird because you're, you're uncomfortable, but you're comfortable. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I literally, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a big family person too. Like I love my family. Like my friend Kobe always tells me that I want to travel the world, but be home for dinner at five. And like that <laughs> checks out. Like that is me. Like that's. To a T. And because I, I love my family, but it's crazy because whenever I'm out there, it's like coming home. I'm leaving home to come home. And that's like a feeling that's very, very hard to describe. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because reflecting back on like the week trips that I took before spending the whole summer out there, like it's like, wow, like what was I even like a week is hard because it's like Brian and I were talking about how like we're just starting to get to know each other. And like it's like a good week at like camp or something and like at the end of the week like, man I love you please we'd have we'd have to go <laughs> and it's like those moments it like goes by so fast and it's such a gift but that relation at the end it's like man like for going out there it's like they're looking forward to next summer the kids are expectant of you coming back and they, they get to see you again and they're so excited like the moment like I don't know it's just crazy and so the summer flew by and it literally felt like a week in eight weeks mm-hmm. and just the gift that that was to be able to not have to say goodbye every Thursday. It's a, I'll see you Monday. And it's like, that was such like a sweet experience. Cause I got to like be intentional the entire summer with them. And they, just like you said, like you think you're going to go and they're going to bless, like they bless you more than you could. Mm-hmm. And it's like having that attitude of just a servant heart, like, and like, it's going to go both ways and it's not, Oh, I'm going out there to help well, hold on, like, God's using you to go out there mm-hmm. and just be and exist and to live for him out there. It's not this, oh, I have to go help them. I have to, I, you know, like, just like what I was talking about at the beginning. Yep. No, I agree with you on that feeling. It's, like, never. Hypothetical. We'll see. Um, God can. Did you expect him to call you at 50 years old to get into this kind of life? Nope. So never my, my point exactly. Is. Never, never crossed my <laughs> mind. And like I said, I mean, you could ask anybody, even in our church, before I started admissions. I mean, you go back to my college, I would be the last one chosen. Say, he will go on a mission trip. I would be the last one on that list. If God called you to pack it all up and live over there full time with the whole family, would you do it? I probably would. Uh, my wife and daughter would not. So that <laughs> way I probably would not because I, and I don't think God would ask that of me, but I, I would, I'd do it in a heartbeat. And I don't know. I never told the story. I don't know how much time we got. You're good. You're we fine. met um, one of the villages we drilled a well at. It was a missionary couple with three kids, maybe four kids. They were from up around Amish country in Ohio. So we had a connection right there. But we got to talking with them about getting uh, frustrated with the, with the Muslim uh, religion there, Islam, and, and the Christian. And they'd been there two and a half years, and they had not seen a single conversion from Muslim to Christianity. And I'm thinking, how do you continue? I mean, that they their faith in God and their desire to do that. Mm. But, I mean, there's... 
three people that come to their church service and they continue to work. They mm-hmm. work in the community, but three years of not not seeing any, you know, reaping any benefits, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's like we talked earlier, but we'll never know. I mean, they're, they're there planting seeds, but that's a long time to, yeah. to, to get, you can easily get frustrated. Just why, why am I, mm-hmm. why am I here? But they were great people, high spirits. And uh, it was, it was neat, neat mm-hmm. meeting them over there. And it's like that hope that Christ is like instilled in them that keeps them like going. It's mm-hmm. not like, it would be so easy for them to be like, all right. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's them talking, not God yeah, talking. Yeah, exactly. You know? I love the similar stories, uh, you and Maddie, sharing your mission uh, hearts and experiences. But, again, it's been a theme this semester that chapel and stories at 808, most every time, without fail, every two people that's picked for stories, the, the their two stories mesh. There's a similarity at some point. I'm sure that's an accident. and i just i'm encouraged by that i don't know Uh, i'm encouraged by hearing the similarities in y'all's story um but just you know hearing karina you're in a very different uh point of life than these two but but still hearing your the discernment process and you come into k-dub and all of that and the the peace that came through that and i've heard that story many times from other people a lot of the seniors there about it's it's a cool thing because even though we're different, we have different life experiences, the common denominator is God's goodness in our life and his faithfulness in calling us where he wants us to be um, and using the, the ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things in his name. And sometimes it's the simple things that mean the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest impact. One thing Sean is so good at, and I hear him saying it all the time, is, the, the little things that in Jesus' name are a big deal. Um, I was telling you a little bit about the, the feeding ministry that me and my pastor do on Thursdays. And last week, it was a very encouraging week. And I texted a picture to the staff, and I was like, yeah, we passed out 30 meals in about three minutes. It went like that. And Sean was like, never underestimate a meal handed out in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think it's about us at that point. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm going to bless these people with my presence. But when that comes across, that love of Jesus comes across to people, people aren't seeing us, and that's a good thing. Yeah. But they're seeing Jesus, exactly. and that is the goal. Yeah. I just want one final final thought and uh, in, in talking with Sean yesterday that um, – Sometimes international missions, people seem to think a little more of than the local missions. And the, but the local missions are actually as important, if not more important, because the language barrier is not there. Uh, people know you. So you, it is as important, if not more important, to share the love of Christ locally. Um, and just because I go overseas, that's, that's where I'm called. And um, I, I told Sean yesterday, I may have mentioned it in the chapel service, it's, um, when people said, you know, why do you go overseas? Why do you go here when there's so many people here in the United States that need need help? And my comeback to them every time is maybe you're being called to help those people. I'm being called to help people overseas. Maybe you're being called to help people here. So um, it's, I mean, it's all to glorify God. And just spread the good news of Jesus.
he's not coming back till everybody has a chance to hear. So mm-hmm. we need to get out there and let everybody know. Our last podcast of the semester. Mm-hmm. Anybody got any closing remarks? Anything? Okay. Well, I'm going to close this out in prayer, um, and then we'll we'll be done. Um, <clears throat> listener, if you need anything at all, uh, thank you for being with us um, on this podcast this morning or whatever time you're listening. Um, you need anything at all, don't hesitate to reach out to the folks at Campus Ministries, Sean, Anna, Maddie, or myself. Um, if you need anything over the summer, let us know. Uh, if you want to get connected in the fall or whatever, uh, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to, to serve you. Um, we love you, and thank you guys for the, being here this morning. Brian, I appreciate all the time you spent with us yesterday. And yeah, so. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed right. it. Appreciate it. Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you uh, for just your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. Um, Just uh, I'm encouraged by the stories present, uh, all the stories that we've heard this whole semester. Um, I pray that you bless Brian and his family, um, Karina and Maddie, and all the stuff that uh, we're going to be doing in the summer. And I pray that we do it with a heart for you, that um, we, we do it expecting a uh, blessing and expecting to, um, to be encouraged and to, um, to have that heart of expectance. And um, just uh, thank you for just being with us every step along the way and in the details and in the big things and in the unknowns. Because nothing's unknown to you. Um, thank you for your grace that you give us every single day. The, the sustaining grace to move forward. Even when we feel like we can't. Um, just help us to um, just to be very conscious of what we're doing. To be very careful to give you all the glory. And to just point every everybody to you every chance we get. Thank you for your son. Thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Peace.